One thing I recommend for all relationships is figuring out what your love languages are and then communicating those to each other. If you don't know what your own love languages are, figure them out. Can't be mad if someone's not filling up your love tank if you don't know what fills it. And you need to be in touch with what your own love languages are and how you respond best. And then you also need to know what your partners are because it might not be the same. So you might think that you're reassuring them, you're giving them love, but they're like, I don't need to hear it, I need to see it. And you might be the type where you're like, I know you're doing all these nice things, but you never tell me you love me. It's because you guys are speaking two different love languages. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of the show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And sitting across from me is my extra salty co-host. And I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are bringing you the much-awaited off-the-clock talk on shift work and relationships. This is definitely one that we're both passionate about. I mean, it affects our lives directly. And and so many people in shift work know this feeling. And I'm talking nurses, RTs, doctors. First responders. First responders, all first responders who work shifts. This includes every single person because we all battle this. This is is a big one. The struggle is is really real. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into it today. And um, before we do that, let's get into tip of the week, Sam. All right. We're going to have to follow this and see see how it's holding up, how it's working. But this is what I am doing. This is a new new life change. Love this for you. So I my hair, I hate my hair. It won't grow. I lost weight like four years ago, lost all my hair. It has come back. And now I have like this adult mullet thing. Where it's like the bottom layer is long, the top layer is a short mullet. The short mullet part won't grow past my shoulders. It just doesn't. It's like, it's like no, no, I'm no. on a mission though. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I will get long, luxurious hair if it kills me. Okay. So I finally got the anemia stuff in check and I'm taking prenatals and tried to up my iron doing B12. So I feel good, yada, yada. But I'm like, all right, we got to figure this shit out. So the one thing I started using was this product called Vegamore. There, it's like this oil drop that you massage into your scalp. And I typically get like bald spots like on the side, like my yeah, temples. Yeah, the same thing. Like mm-hmm. these weird, like hair does not grow there. Mm-hmm. It has made like baby fuzz start to grow in. So it's like starting to just, it's filling nice. in like the scalp yeah. patchiness look. So that's promising. But I'm like, all right, that's like a topical thing. I'm like, we got we to gotta fix shit from the inside out. So all the stuff I've read is like collagen, collagen, collagen. So this is the new thing I've started. I'm taking collagen gummies. Oh, I didn't even know they made this. Me either. So, okay, I've tried like collagen powder before in the past, but usually you have to add it to like a hot liquid. And that's great if you drink coffee, but I always drink iced coffee. Or your shakes. Yeah. Or protein shakes. But it doesn't really, because it it mixes better in warm stuff. I tried to mix it in cold and it kind of coagulated at the bottom and it, looked like a sea slug and it made me want to throw up it was disgusting so you need to get a frother by the way <laughs> okay goodness, I can't with you no I've tried like collagen powder in the past but it just didn't mix with any of the stuff that I typically drink so then I have the collagen gummies they're by um phoenix supplements which is actually I'm like one of their newer sponsored athletes I'm like pretty excited because they also have a collagen protein which is huge for me Ooh. because I can't drink whey protein yeah. Like, so most proteins are like, unless you get like a vegan protein, 
are whey based mm-hmm. and that much whey and dairy makes my skin break out like a mofo my chin it's just ugh. i know it doesn't sit well with a lot of people but yeah I like so if you yeah. have like gi issues whey right. is really hard on your stomach too so a lot of people in my gym world like whey protein is kind of the gold standard you see the like gold especially powder. in your industry yes in my world yeah and i'm really trying to get jacked right now and get strong so i need to be upping my protein I can't do whey though. Yeah. Vegan protein is cool, but the fact that I found one that's collagen based has me stoked because collagen we know is good for skin, aging skin like mine, mm. skin, hair, nails, especially the hair. Everything I've read about like people who've had suffered like hair loss from like anesthesia, weight loss, or pregnancy has said that collagen has kind of been the game changer to getting that like hair regrowth back in check. So I'm like, all right, collagen gummies collagen protein shakes the vegamore hair drops okay and the prenatals let's fucking go my prenatals have biotin in it oh okay so i'm like between those if we don't get some hair growth by the end of this year i'm shaving it off (laughs) that's that's my tip of the week so stay tuned i'll I'll keep you all updated but that's what we're doing now fam we're gonna be on the journey with you here um okay so mine this week is you know i love skincare skincare and i also i am and i also love skincare tools and I actually shared this on Instagram, so some of you may have heard it, but I just got this new tool and it's uh, from Beauty Bio and it's their most awarded beauty tool and it's called the Globe Pro Microneedling Tool. So what I love about this is Jamie, the founder, and her dad, who is a biochemist, they started this out of uh, out of kind of like a love project. And so this is very a science-based tool that they have patented and it's basically a microneedling tool that you can use nightly and the whole goal of this um, is to open up the channels in your on the skin in your face you can use it on your neck you can even use it in your scalp this actually might be something that you okay, I have read about microneedling for like scalp yes, rejuvenation because it opens up the channels in your skin and then allows the product to actually get into like deeper yeah. and where it should actually go because your skin's a barrier right like your skin and we have all this build up and so basically the microneedling tool that I've been using I've been using it about one minute every night so what I do is I get out of the shower and then I get my product and then I'll put it on my face and then I'll roll over it for about a minute all over my face and then now my neck too because the first place that shows aging is your neck. I have been on this like rampage the last month about how I feel like my neck is getting old and that's the first sign of aging is when your neck starts to go so now I'm like hyper fixated on my neck yeah I actually you we should get you this tool 100% but um okay I saw you using it I'm not gonna lie I was like there goes Tori again with no I'm juju like yeah uh, (laughs) crunchy granola like shit I was like gonna ask you if okay and it vibrates so like you turn it on it's got a you know it's battery operated and it's got this little vibration it feels like really good on your skin it's a little spiky it's a little spiky and here I've only been using it I think for like two or three weeks now, but I'm absolutely obsessed with this. So the whole idea behind it is really to tighten, firmer, smoother skin, to retexturize your skin. Um, And then again, you can use this on your neck, your face, your scalp, the whole, there's a whole um, podcast that I wanted to refer everybody to that I, sorry. The whole reason that I started doing this was because I listened to the founder of the product on my other favorite, on my podcast, the Him and Her Show. Jamie came on and talked about it. And one of the biggest things that they talked about was hair, hair growth. Okay. Well, now I'm sold. Yeah. 
Okay, and then we need to get you on the gummy, the collagen yes, gummy, okay. because collagen is good for your skin. Like that's what like the microneedling is trying to do is promote collagen yep. growth. Yeah. So, okay, here, we're going right. to join forces together. <laughs> I'm going to get you some collagen gummies Perfect. and you need to get me that roller thing. 100%. And I do, I know, so I do have a link um, that if you guys want to, you can save 25, just DM me. I'll send I you want guys it. a link. So, and you can <laughs> save 25% or $25 on the first order if you want it. Okay, unpopular opinion of the week. This is spicy. This is a good one. You don't owe your life to the company or organization you work for absolutely absolutely 100 this is just something i think that the idea especially when we're talking healthcare, is it's very earn your stripes you know put in we need if they're short then you owe them that time if you know and it's just so interesting because i think our generation is really reassessing what we value in our life which truly is our own lives and being able to come into work fresh-minded, enjoy ourselves, but you don't owe everything to your workplace. So I think we were raised by a generation, and no offense to anyone in this generation, I love my parents. They did an amazing job of raising me. I mean, hello, look how great I turned out. <laughs> hello. 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 Cringy. Cringy I know, much? I'm the cringe queen, cringe lord queen. Okay, but we were raised by a generation that wasn't good with setting boundaries bottom line point blank and they considered it creating a strong work ethic but with no regards to boundaries and self-care and just saying no yeah I I you know and here's the thing there's that balance between putting in your time doing the work doing all you know that I do really value that but I think at the end of the day you know, there's a lot of nurses who are really, or nurses, healthcare providers, RTs, you know, the list goes on and on in this, in that realm where they're frustrated by whatever it is, pay, they're frustrated by the demand, they're frustrated by um, the workloads that keep going, patient ratios that are out of whack. Um, you know, it's just the the list for us in the frontline sector is huge and I think it's a really big thing to really consider you know yourself and your boundaries look if it's too much and it's not a good fit for you I say leave Mm -hmm. go do something else try something else do a different unit go to a different hospital try try you know I can't expect I cannot express that enough I feel like I'm getting my PhD at the University of TikTok because I swear (laughs) I see these things and I'm like shit That makes me think. So here's two TikToks I saw recently that made me think of this subject. One was one guy that said, like, what's the most important thing you learned from your job that isn't actually, like, from your job or something? I'm butchering that. But he said, read your job description. And if you're doing what your job description says and they ask you to do more than your job description, ask for more money. Mm -hmm. Because they're asking you to go above and beyond your job description. And I was like, that would never occur to us. Yeah. Ever because we are in the the, art the of mindset the, yeah. of you just do, 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 do what you're asked. Yes. Yeah, the art of ne- of negotiation is like non-existent in healthcare, mm-hmm. which drives me absolutely wild. I mean, I know, for example, for Sam and I, right, we, the hospital we started at started requiring certifications. Um, a lot of hospitals are doing that. And frustration was led by not having reimbursement for it because it's expensive that Mm -hmm. comes out of our pocket the Mm -hmm. time the money and all those things now they do reimburse 
Yeah. But it's interesting because that wouldn't have happened if if people collectively hadn't brought it to the attention of the higher ups. And I think that's those are the kind of conversations that need to be happening more and more and more. You know, if you're expecting more and more and more, then pay us. Pay us. Well, in other industries, it's okay, you're getting more education, you're getting more training, you're going to get a salary or wage increase. And I think another good example of this is your our evaluation type thing. So most healthcare facilities get their yearly annual evals or whatever, and it's usually on some sort of number ranking. I would guess a lot are similar. And three is like you're doing your job. Three is good. Three is you're meeting requirements. Right. You've met the standard. And we're like striving for these fours and fives. But for what? Right. And fours <laughs> and fives adding on extracurricular things that you would have to do. So you would have to come in for another meeting. You'd have to go in for, you know, on a day off to do, to participate in something, to lead a class, to do more education, which is great. But oftentimes those are not compensated. Correct. And if it, the compensation will come usually in your your annual raise but you oftentimes have to break your back to do that Mm -hmm. so and at what point like you broke your back for two percent three percent raise yeah you know it's it's a balance of what fits your life and look like there's a time and a place there's a time and a place exactly we did it yeah Tori and I did it I I was clean for I did all the things I did everything and any projects research you know but here's the thing too is I think the self-awareness of when you're doing those things of is this something that I want to learn is this something that's going to benefit me in my career is this something that I want to do for myself and it's it kind of like sums this up of it's okay to think selfishly Mm -hmm. in your career and know your worth Like, especially if you're going into a new job and they tell you the salary, do not be afraid to negotiate for more pay or other benefits or things like that. You will be shocked at, they're going to, they're not going to offer you the top end of anything Mm -hmm. because if they offer you the bottom end and you take it, cool. But trust me, they have room to go up and they can. I, this is not even healthcare related, but one of the companies that like I am sponsored by offered me this contract and I was like nah it's not worth it and I know what other people are getting and they offered me what the standard rate is of other people that I know are getting that and I was like "Mm, no and then they on their own doubled it and it's like if I would have just said okay then they would have said okay and we would have signed the contract and it would have been a done deal right right but I said no and they on their own accord doubled it because they can Mm -hmm. a lot of companies have the ability so know your worth. We talked about that with Sarah Gaines mm-hmm. uh, in our Travel Nurse yes. episode about the art of negotiation. And that is something that I think that we don't talk nearly enough about in our realm because we feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for this job. And I, you know, you've worked so hard and you put in all those hours, but you have to remember you did all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I, you know, I hope that healthcare in general starts evolving into a place and I think it's starting to but there's still a lot of work to be done as far as organizations and taking care of their people and you know ultimately it's your life and it starts with us knowing our own value yeah and we are the most valuable assets to any organization yeah and and you know what you want out of your life and look Sam and I have done the work and it's a little different I would say this too if you're in the entrepreneurship route you're gonna hustle we do way more than what 
is expected in our own roles. But when you're talking about working for a company, for a big organization, it's just always good to keep in mind that you and your family and your prerogatives should really come first. Because you are replaceable. Yep. I hate to say it, but you're replaceable. Yep. If you're stressing, going into work, anxiety, if you're not feeling good, if you feel like you're not getting paid well enough, it's okay to look. It's okay to look elsewhere. 100%. Take charge of your own career Boom. in that way. Boom. Mic drop. All right. Ooh, Ooh. we are getting into it today. The nitty gritty of relationships. Yes. Okay, so Sam and I have done a lot of um, life life learning through this process. We've learned through experience on this topic. Yeah. And so we thought it'd be fun to come at it from two perspectives, one in the dating world and one obviously in the married world. Also as someone who's had a failed um, yeah. engagement. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Hi. Let's talk. 100%. Um, so research shows that shift work actually has a negative effect on health relationships, marriages, children. It has an increased rate of separation and divorce. And, you know, when partners are working different shifts and when you have limited face-to-face interaction, it can really take a huge toll on your family, your activities, maintaining healthy communication, even your sex life. And we're going to get in that to, into that today because I think that's really important. Everyone knows mm-hmm. here I'm all about the sex and making sure your sex life is top, top notch. And honestly, the thing about shift work is it impacts both the person doing the shift work and the partner who's maybe not in shift work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be left with like very different feelings. The partner working the job might feel like guilt being away from home all the time or sometimes frustrated feeling left out like they're missing events and parties yeah. and things like that. Family time. I know I've felt that way. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you know, you feel weird when everyone is off and you're or, you know, at a holiday and you're not. It's, how many times have it's been like, oh, where's Tori? Oh, she's at work. Yep. Always. Yep. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's like the norm in our... That's like, write it on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Get it on a th- throw pillow. Throw it on the pillow. And then honestly, even just the feelings of like stress, being tired, burnout, irritable, the lack of sleep patterns. Yep. Being a female on our end and talk about horm- hormones, hormones and lack of sleep. Like I was a nightmare. Yeah, 100%. You know, and something that I think is really important as... As someone who's in a relationship right now, I really don't think the shift work, it doesn't have to be miserable for both partners. Like you can work through it. It does take time. And I do think balancing schedules, hectic lifestyles, um, you know, especially as I said, when you have the minimal time together, you know, I think it's about really coming together as a couple and a part and using your partnership together. But there are definitely some nuances in, in, shift work that we want to tackle some topics we want to cover for you guys. So I want to get in and hear first your backstory and your own kind of personal take history on working shift work and from going nights to days being relationship dating now married. Give me the give me your backstory. So when I started as a nurse we worked full-time nights together. I worked full-time nights three and a half years and in that span I had two and a half relationships during my, (laughs) well, two technically. Um, But during that time, you know, Sam and I were working, for example, these, these were the, the heydays, you guys, we would work like 12 shifts in a row. Yes. Overtime queens. Yes. And so during that time, I, I was with someone primarily who was not Jake, 
who it was not a good relationship for me. It was actually very toxic. Um, it was not a healthy one by any means. It was the bad boy that I had before I met Jacob. Um, he was a butthole. He was. He was not good for me. Um, and it's interesting because at that time, I think I was just so I, I thrived in the night shift because I think subconsciously I was OK being away from him. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So I was just like I loved it. I was just, you know, doing my thing with my girls. I We loved I, the dynamic on nights for us was great. We loved our people. I was also young. We were what, 24? I was 24. Yeah. It was 25. a party. It was great. And then I hit a wall at three and a half years and couldn't do it anymore. Jacob and I started dating and um, we were dating for probably about eight months when and I was still on night shift. And then I morphed into travel nursing days full time. And so that's sort of like the scope that I've done as far as like kind of doing both day shift and night shift and having had relationships and then married life. It's it definitely introduces some interesting, you know, dynamics for sure. How about you? Okay, so I graduated nursing school when I was 25 and I was dating someone not I was friendly with someone that entire like last year of nursing school, but we weren't in a relationship. And literally the month I graduated, we decided to become boyfriend and girlfriend. So from the time I got my first nursing job, I was in a committed, serious relationship for the entire first seven years of being a nurse. And after about three years together, we moved in together. So we were living together and I was night shift this entire time. So always in a serious relationship, we ended up getting engaged, buying a house together, the whole nine yards, Mm -hmm. two dogs, the whole shebang. So serious relationship and I can say without a doubt that not only night shift but I think even if I was day shift it would have still been just as hard negatively impacted that relationship for sure without a shadow of doubt I made a lot of mistakes on my end and then I feel like there was things that he could have done as a partner and it just shift work contributed to not good things in that relationship Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And then now as a single person dating, it is a clusterfuck. It is very hard for someone who doesn't work in my lifestyle to understand, especially right now I'm alternating between day shift and night shift, which is actually extremely abnormal. Like most people are on one or the other. So to be like, even to just say, okay, I'm on day shift, I'm working night shift, I'm doing this shift, I'm all over the place. People are like, what's your schedule? I can't say I work Monday through Friday, nine to five. So I'm pretty much free any night or I'm off on weekends. It's like, oh, well, I work every third weekend. Oh, yeah. So I actually work that holiday. Oh, I have like it is so hard to even like go on a date or then to explain to someone why I'm exhausted and not look like a lazy bum. That is like a myth I want to myth bust somewhere in this episode is that we're not lazy. We're fucking tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it's so hard on your body. It's so hard for people to understand. So I think even now dating right now, that is a big challenge for people to get. Well, because when you get off of your night shift, you're literally exhausted. And I think it's really hard for people who don't work nights to understand that dynamic of I just cut off and I can't just survive on three or four hours of sleep to get up to go do X, Y or Z. Yes. Even it's, though you, that's what you do. Yes. That's what a lot of people do. And we do it, but it's not optimal. Just because something can be done doesn't mean it's optimal or what's best. Yeah. So there's a couple different dynamics, you know, when you're talking about shift work. There's, first of all, there's day shift, there's night shift. And then there's, as far as dating goes, 
you know, you have the shift worker who is dating someone who works nine to five. You have the shift worker who dates the shift worker, which that's actually kind of ideal. It's good and it's bad. So if you have a schedule that links up. Great. Great. Because you guys have your days off together. You can plan big, long stretches. You can go on a 10-day vacation and neither of you can take PTO because you synced it up and it works. But some people have set schedules. I know like one of the organizations that I used to work for that you work for at one point too, like has shell or skeleton schedules mm-hmm. where it's like that's your set schedule. schedule. There is no mm-hmm. like yeah. mixing or matching yeah. or whatever. Like it is set. planned out. You are always working these days. And so that might like conflict and you guys might go a week without seeing each other sometimes yeah. if it's not like linking up or you throw kids into the mix. So now with childcare, and we see a lot of our friends have this problem that they are dating a, or they're married to a fireman or a police, someone in law enforcement or another healthcare worker, but they have to strategically make sure that they're working opposite so that someone can watch the kids on their days off. So now it's like they don't actually get quality time together because they can't work or be off the same days because they have childcare. Yeah. You also have the dynamic of the healthcare, the frontline worker who's married to someone who doesn't work and is a stay-at-home mom or dad or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, which that also, I think, presents a lot of potentially interesting issues in the sense of like not understanding where that person is coming from. So we'll kind of be deep diving into yeah, that too. That's a that's um, actually a really interesting one in my opinion. Yeah. And I will say this too, as we're kind of touching on that, as far as someone who's married to someone who works nine to five, it definitely is. Personally, I actually kind of like it. I think that would honestly be ideal for me. I kind of like it. Um, and here's why. Because during the week, so Jacob works Monday through Friday. Well, he actually works earlier. So he goes into work at like 630 and then Ooh. he's usually off at three. Yeah. But I kind of like it just because for me on my days off, like during the week, I pretty much have the house at this point, you know, I can get all of my things done that I need to, whether it's podcasting, blogging or grad school, like I have that time where it becomes an issue is when I'm working weekends and that's technically our time together. And we have weekend requirements. It's not like you choose to work weekends. That's part of shift work is you have your required weekends. Yeah. So speaking of which, so we'll kind of go into that. A big piece of that is really starting to balance expectations. Love that. Huge. And I think that comes with being married, dating, and also being single. Yeah. Even just with, honestly, sometimes when I say relationships, I think that it even extends to friendships and family relationships as well. Because I had a hard time even when I started working night shift where my family didn't understand the shift work concept or they couldn't understand why they wouldn't be like, oh, Friday, it's this person's birthday. And I'm like, well, I work on Friday. And they're like, oh, well, just like trade. I'm like, I can't just trade. Like I have my schedule. I'm working up right now on my work schedule in October. I'm filling out my October schedule. So if you don't tell me advance notice, like I can't just on a whim go do something. Yep. And people don't understand that. So I think that this is really the things we're going to be getting into and deep diving into are good for friendships, family, and relationships, no 100%. matter like romantic or not, because it is setting the expectations yeah. for all the people in your life that it can impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so as far as someone in the married life or dating, for me and Jacob, when we first started dating, I know how foreign it was to him that my schedule was made so far in advance. And I think that's very typical of frontline workers in general. A lot of us have our schedules set months and months in advance also holidays 
Um, you also have to request your vacations off, um, oftentimes a year beforehand. I already know I'm crazy. working Labor Day. Yeah. I, I, I don't even remember which holiday. I'm, I'm off on 4th of July, work Labor Day. Yeah. So the long story short being, you know, the whole idea of planning ahead. So something that I think was initial shock with with Jacob and his family and his friends of when I couldn't attend things because I knew I was going to be working. The initial communication being, hey, can we get on the same page and talk about what's coming up? A big piece of that for us is really planning ahead. And we have been using a big tip that I like to give everybody is do a Google shared calendar with Love your that. person because that is literally Jacob can literally pull it up on his phone, see where I, I categorize, where I'm working. I have everything color labeled. It's absolutely crazy because Sam and I have this crazy nutty schedule now. Um, the funny thing is I'm now on part of that shared yeah, calendar because yes. Tori and I have to sync up our schedules because we're in a relationship. Right. And I mean, Jacob has a lot of things he wants to do too. You know, he goes on hiking weekends, boy weekends. But for us, a huge key of that is planning ahead. And also the, I'm telling you, the Google calendar, like that's number one for us is just everything has to go on the calendar. And I think initially he was really irritated by that because he was like, why do we have to plan our life so much? And I'm like, this is just what it is. Comes with the job. It does. Part of the job, man. It is. Comes mm -hmm. with the territory. Yep. I think planning ahead is huge in communicating because I will say one of the biggest challenges in my past relationship was holidays. Yeah. And how to split them. How did it, you guys do it? We didn't. We fought. We did, but we didn't do it well. I think that's and very that was, common. Yeah, and that was a big issue. And it wasn't like, okay, your family's on the East Coast and mine is here and we have to travel and blah, blah, blah. I almost think that would make it easier because you have to take a firm switch off. Like you have to just – but when they're both so close that you can do the same – hit both families in the same day. But then now you have to add into the fact that I'm working Christmas Eve. Right. And I have to sleep at some point on Christmas. And my parents are divorced. So we got to hit my mom's house, my dad's house, and your family's house. And that sort of thing. On top of I got to sleep at some point. I got to do this. And we just did a really terrible job of talking about it and communicating in advance. I think well before the holiday, we should have sat out. And honestly, like it is kind of a shell shock to someone who doesn't work in it, like how it was for Jacob. But to sit there and be like, hey, we actually have to sit there and say, okay, Christmas Eve, we're going to spend this much time at this person's house. Then we're going to go to this person's house. Then Sam is going to go to work. And then I'm going to sleep at this time. And then we're going to wake up and do this here. And then we're going to go to this family's here and communicate that not only to with each other, but to our families to let set the expectation to them of, hey, I'm only going to be coming for the beginning of dinner and then we're going to leave and do dinner at this person's house and right. give our families that heads up. But we didn't have those conversations. So instead, we're just fighting about it the day before. Now our holidays are ruined because we're barely even on speaking terms on right. Christmas. And I've had multiple holidays where I spent it in a fight with my significant other and that is one of my biggest regrets yeah. to this day is how I handled it and how we handled it together but that I then on top of that just let my bad mood of being mad at him over how we chose to do it ruin my holiday by being a bitch yeah and I okay so this is my hot tip and I've talked a lot about this here on the show so something that um, I feel very lucky about and mind you I don't have kids yet but I still kind of feel like I'm going to feel the same way when I have kids is my family just because of of working as I do we have an agreement and the agreement is is we don't do holidays on the holiday 
I love that. We never do. It's a made up fucking day. Yep, all exactly. of them are. They're all holiday. Was Jesus really born on December 25th? <laughs> Well, not even for Jacob. Well, first of all, I'm married to a Jew. Because you're married to a Jewish person. So there is no Jesus's birthday. Right. So, <laughs> But in general, on Thanksgiving, like these are made up days. Why does it have to be on the Thursday? Yep. Why does it have to be on blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. So my thing, which uh, we I always do is, you know, typically I will work Christmas. I always choose to work Christmas just because I know it's easy. Like most people want that off anyway. So I'll work that Christmas or Christmas Eve. And then I always want New Year's Eve off because of obviously that's our, our wedding anniversary. But um, and you're young and fun. Yeah. I'm like, when you have kids, just work New Year's Eve. I mean, and then here's the thing. You get the holiday pay. Holiday pay is primo. So like, why not work that? And then just do Christmas either the day before or day after. I think a lot of people in frontline that have to work on those days, that's what you end up doing. And honestly, sometimes it's more fun that way. I personally think. Yeah, potluck city. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, potluck, go to work that way. You know, working on the holidays also, you know, this is kind of the mush mush in me, but it is kind of nice to be there for someone. I know in the NICU, we do a lot of kind of fun things for if possible, if it allows with our patients, our families, you know, we can kind of be there for someone who is in a really shitty situation. And so that's kind of also a thing that I do kind of try and relish in. Also, the traffic never sucks. You know, you don't have traffic going Southern into work. Southern California problems. Yeah. Selfish opinion. I don't care how much. You could pay me quadruple time and I would still rather not work the holidays. Mm. Except maybe like election years. I then know. I don't want to see any of my family. <laughs> I mean, my thing with it is I don't want to work all of them. Obviously, I want to have my anniversary off. Um, but I don't mind working like one full one, like Christmas Eve and Christmas for sure. You know what? I actually voluntarily last year picked up Thanksgiving because I wasn't doing anything with my family because of COVID. We weren't really celebrating because we weren't congregating together. Right. And I'm like, okay, I could sit at home with my dogs or I could offer it to pick it up for a coworker who has kids who could spend that day with their family. And that person was so like, oh my gosh, are you serious? I'm all, I'm literally going to sit at home and do nothing. Right. Might as well work it for right. you. 100%. So be, be nice if you can. Like, yeah. You know, and having a flexible family, and I will say this as far as like extended relationships, it's really nice to have a family who will work with you and to hear you out. And, you know, it that's a big piece of it because that's a big part of your relationships is you know, hey, I've got to work this day. Can we do this instead? Especially for the people who are working night shift who are exhausted. Also, hot tip, if you work on a holiday and you get home, like everyone's cooking for you or you work the eve. Yeah, here is my biggest tip of shift work in general. Work Thanksgiving Eve, (laughs) night shift. Because you get to get off Thanksgiving morning at 7.30 a.m., Go home. Oh, my God. I worked last night. I saved all the lives. I'm so tired. I wish I could help you cook. but And then you can't. sleep all day. And then you wake up and dinner's ready. <laughs> Best holiday ever to work is Thanksgiving Yeah, then you get fat and eat yes. like five plates of food and then sleep again. It's yes, great. It's perfect. Um, so that one, I would say the, big, the biggest thing in that category, just really trying to plan ahead and work with each other. Okay, so night shift versus day shift. Dynamics. Let's go there. So honestly, as someone who does both now, you physically feel better working day shift. 100%. And I was a night shifter for life. I was a person who said, I'll never go to day shift. After 10 years, though, my body is like, bitch, you will go to day shift and you will like it. And I still don't like it because I'm not a morning person. You're not a morning person. I know. No. Like, Tori and I don't like to even get together before 11 a.m. to work on podcasts. You know what would be my perfect shift? Like, 12 to 12 or 1 to 1. I would... I would 
eat that shit up. I love my two to two swing shift. I would rather it be one to one, but two to two is still fine. Well, then like then we wouldn't have issues with traffic. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Swing yes. shift for life. And baby. then moms who have kids, like you could still be with your kids yes. in the morning and then you, you get, know, you the get home and they're asleep. The but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think that night shifters, your body it's it's unnatural. It is not meant to stay up all night. Right. And so even if you're someone who like I tolerated it better than Tori. Like you literally 100%. started to fall apart and your body was like declaring mutiny. Yeah. I held on a lot longer, but I can say for a fact as someone right now who even does both, you the physical toll of working night shift is like no other and it is so hard it makes me cranky and irritable to even be in a relationship or be like I don't like who I am really necessarily yeah because I I'm bitchy you know for me night shift capped out I would say like really around four years is when mm-hmm. I really stopped doing it um and I started losing my taste buds oh, I you got bad. I, I got really weird um like almost like I kind of felt like autoimmune stuff where my body was just like it I had the worst GI stuff and I I kind of think I still have residual like issues from it do you have any tips for anyone who is in the dating process and they're on night shift okay one I think a big thing for me is just like mindset and perspective because I was really bummed when I found out I had to go back to night shift and then I just keep telling myself it's all about like positive talk to me Mm -hmm. that this isn't permanent I'm not going to be on it forever and Really trying to like shift my focus and how I look at things because I don't want to come off as like this grumpy bitch all the time to someone who I'm like potentially going to be dating. But night shift is hard and I think it is kind of just letting them know like, okay, well, when I work these days, like I am kind of tired. I get a little cranky. Yeah. But you're setting the expectation. Setting the expectation. And then I think honestly, figuring out what makes you thrive yeah (laughs) kind of you kind of have to just find your go-tos whether that's like getting power naps in or coming home going to sleep right away like waking up and being productive I will sleep forever Mm -hmm. if you let me yeah if no one so this is a sad thing I used to tell my ex hey wake me up at 3 p.m. Or sometimes if it was like I wasn't back, mm-hmm. I would even be like, I want to be up by like one thirty two, Like I want to get stuff done today. I don't want to just sleep the whole day away. And I'd be like, just come. And he'd be like, oh, like I really don't know. <laughs> like this is a trap. Like wake the sleeping like, this bear. Is a, like you're setting me up for failure. 100%. This is yeah. And I was. Because then <laughs> yeah. I would be like, no, no, no. Like please, like don't let me sleep all day. And then he would come and then he'd like. So but do you think that came from guilt? Like for feeling like you had to sleep that long? You know what I mean? Like, I that probably came from guilt. I feel, because, like, lazy when I sleep the whole right, day away. which you shouldn't have. And no night shifters should never feel that way because it, equally on day shift, it would not be normal for us to be getting up at 3 when we only got home at, you know, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, it's not normal. So it's, it's you know, you have to flip it and not feel that guilt. I think that's a big piece of it for all the night shift workers. But I think my advice to be would be, like, don't set your partner up for failure like I did. Because oh, I would cool. put that ball in his court. Like, hey, wake me up and then he'd come and wake me up and I'd be like let me sleep yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. like what are you fucking like ask right. me to do this or on the flip side I would sometimes yell at him when he would let me sleep all day I'd wake up at 5 p.m and I'd be like why'd you let me sleep all day like I wanted to go do this or do that and he'd be like you looked really tired and yeah. I'd be like I know but like and it's like that 
poor guy can't win right either way yeah that's like not cool sam right. like you're yeah, a yeah, bitch. yeah yeah i mean and that's good <laughs> self-awareness self-awareness um my hot tip for married couples and this is obviously jacob and i don't have kids yet but when i was working nights something that we always tried to do something on the day i was coming off because typically i tried to clump all my nights together so whether it was like two, usually it was two nights in a row or three nights in a row and on the third night we tried to do something like nice together because when you're working those nights your your ship's passing in the wind like you don't see your person. I, I lived with my ex and we would go four days without even seeing each other because I'd get home from work and he was already at work. Yeah. I'd wake up and leave for work and he was still there and he'd get off and I'd already be gone. Right. And that cycle would repeat for my whole three or four day stretch sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And so my whole thing was, okay, when on my off day or when I'm coming off of it, I'm going to sleep however much I need to sleep and then we'll do go to dinner and do something like kind of nice or, you know, plan like a movie night. So it's just kind of something to look forward to. And obviously, like, you know, when you throw kids in the factor it's a little different but I think regardless of kids being the factor you still have to nourish your relationship I'm so passionate about that I think when you're in a relationship and when you're really really you know you have to nurture it because otherwise you know we know what happens it unravels and whatnot but I think it's always kind of nice with the night shift life to have something to look forward to or or even if like let's say um you just don't have the time or you know it just doesn't work out schedule something quarterly with your partner and go somewhere for the weekend mm. or you know Big book on that. yes like book some time for the two of you to really reconnect because more than likely if you're working night shift you're not going to have the time together that normal couples do even you know normal couples let's say you work nine to five nine to five they get home they still have those whatever five hours and they establish for- like routines yes. and get a sense of normalcy 100 percent. get that we don't re- yeah you it's hard to really do but i think if you maybe schedule something like once every three months and just say we're gonna go here we're gonna go take a nice trip together or a weekender or you know, just tune out and just do something, the two of you. I think that that's really a great thing, especially if you don't have time often. But we really like to do date nights and things like that. Um, Something else that I kind of want to shift into and I'm very passionate about along those lines is keeping up with your partner as far as maintaining your romance. I think it's really important. Bam, chicka, wow, wow, Get that woo lube. You guys know all the coconut uh, flavored, I mean, the, the coconut oil frosted tasting lube. We need to get a code. We need to be working with that. Come on, woo. Come on, woo. Come on, woo. Tori's like your biggest fan. She's got so much woo lube in her Oh my god. I know. I give it out for gifts for everybody. Everybody needs woo, okay? Um, So, but I'm really, really big about that. And here's the thing, too. I understand, like, coming home and being so physically exhausted, like, you cannot lift your leg over the bathtub to even shower, right? You're like, I can't even stand up and, you know, I, I might wobble down because I'm so exhausted. I'm not talking about those times, but I am talking about when you're recouped. It's really important to get your romance on. Yeah. It is. And I get it. Coming home from a long shift, like we're nurses or healthcare workers, any toward first responders, police officers, firefighters. You saw some shit. Oh, yes. Let's so, talk about micro trauma, right? Like, yes. You see some death, shit. dying, shit. And then you don't want to come home and be like, yeah, let's get it on. Like, you don't even want, like, don't even touch me. Like, I don't, I'm not feeling romance 
in any way, shape, or 100%. form. 100%. That's not what I'm talking about. No. But yes, I agree. And it is kind of on you to communicate that to your partner and just say, like, look, like, <laughs> this, this is not, not the time. Not this it. It's just not the time. But that's on us as our, as healthcare providers or frontline workers to, to communicate put in that, that extra effort, though, on your days off is what that I think too. is your point. Yes. Is that, all right, I'm, I've slept, I've eaten. Let's get rowdy. Um, yeah, my favorite, like waking up and doing a hot sesh. Yes, please. Like I, I'm realizing more of a morning sex person. I don't know. I, I honestly know. feel like it would help get me like, because I'm not a morning person, but that'll wake me up real quick. Well, like morning meaning like when we wake up at like 10 or 11. But in general, yeah. like I'm not like a hop out of bed right. type of person. No. So that will actually like, yeah. oh, I'm awake now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Now well, I'm and good. I mean, for me too, I feel like a lot of times at night, for whatever reason, I'm exhausted. But I just think taking the time when, first, the first thing being communicate with your partner that you're like, hey, this is not the time. I'm just really not the time. But when, when you've had time to decompress and do what you need to do, it's important to maintain. I think it's an important area of a relationship to foster because once, honestly, your sex life dies off. Yeah. It's kind of like the roots. It's the glue. Almost of like, not the roots, because it's like your fa- your relationship is founded on so many other things yeah. in general, but it's like, okay. It's the frosting on top. It's like of your plant, if one of the leaves starts to die, that's like a sign that your plant isn't very healthy. Right. Like why is one of the leaves dying? So yeah, your roots are still intact. Like, you can nourish this relationship still back up. But if, like, sex is, like, one of those leaves on the relationship. And if it turns brown and it's wilting and it's starting to die, it's like, uh uh-oh. If I don't kick it into gear, this whole plant's going to die. Right. And, you know, kind of going back to what Sam and I were talking about, what we do is very energy sucking. Like, I will say that. I will. And it is hard to relay to someone who doesn't work in that line of work. Like, it is very much something, and I'm a big, big advocate for talking about this, about the energy suckage that healthcare and frontline does to you. It really does. And sometimes it makes you, not sometimes, always, just because it is what it is, jaded. You get jaded. You get very frustrated with people. You get very, um, it, it's going to happen no matter what area of healthcare or frontline you are in. You're going to feel that at some point. And it is, I feel, it is our responsibility as the partner to keep that out of your bedroom. Agreed. So, you know, and it's that may not be a popular opinion, but it no. is our job. We choose to work in these environments. We choose to do this. And it is, I do feel like very, I feel very, while I'm very honored and happy that I am a nurse and all the great things, like it does come with a lot of crap. Yeah. And it's easy to honestly sometimes become resentful. Mm-hmm of your significant other's career choice when they come and they start to complain about, oh, I had a really rough day and then they're telling you about something and you're just like... Yeah. Oh, 100%. And to acknowledge the fact that that was a rough day for them. Right. It is not a pissing contest to say who had a more rough day. And I think that was something that I used to do and almost be resentful. I'm like, here you are complaining about something that to me is so stupid and insignificant. Like, you're like, I, I was compressing, chest compression. Someone fucking on died on yeah. my shift right. yesterday. I right. watched parents say goodbye to their baby. Like, I am traumatized by this. Yeah. And, but that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And I can't diminish or take away from the fact that you had a tough day at work and that for you, that was stressful in your job, in your environment. And that is so unfair and I like I said I've grown a lot and I've acknowledged where shift work and my career choices 
were detrimental to a relationship that I was in. But that's it is not a contest of whose day was worse. We can't compare our career to theirs. And their stress is just as valid as our stress. Right. 100%. It's different stress and yeah. we see very different things. But we can't diminish their feelings or their stress or what they're going through because ours is different. Right. Well, that even goes to like stress to the frontline worker, shift worker who's married to someone who's the stay at home mom or dad. Right. It's like, well, you got to stay home all day and do this with the kids. Da, 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 da. But then you have to realize that that's stressful as well. Like being a parent and oh doing God. all that. You know what I mean? Like Shout we, out to the stay at home parents. hundred percent. Holy shit. Like, thank God for them because they're raising the next generation. But sometimes it is easy to snap, I'm sure, when you get home and you're like, I just, you know, did an air vac, you know, at the, at the side of a huge accident and had people dying left and right. But then you come home and you have screaming children and all those things. And like, that's stressful as well. you about, like, yes. doing this you or that or your honey to-do list. Yes. And you need to keep in mind that, you know, it's a partnership and to keep those, you know, First of all, reconnect at the base level, but also just to really be mindful that that person had a stressful day as well. And honestly, I would say I would almost prefer the stress of like some code situation than I would having three kids like screaming at each other and like making a mess. That would make me like literally lose my shit. So again, it's not like a contest of whose life is more stressful. And I feel like sometimes we get into that push-pull dynamic of relationships because it's just we don't understand what each other is going through because we're not in each other's career so we don't get it so it's easy to get that push-pull yeah and I think another big aspect of this too is sort of acknowledging that a lot of us who are in these roles experience I would call them like micro traumas almost on the daily (laughs) let's be honest like whether it's a parent screaming at you it's someone who's you know dying it's a it's a baby who you're reintubating it's you're doing all these things communicating you're educating you're having heat from doctors you're having you know heat from your chief whatever it is like you're you're experiencing and it's high stress like what we do is very stressful and these many traumas I think you kind of have to be aware of that particular mindset of I'm in this relationship and I need to be able to put those away and also handle those that in the right way. Because a lot of people resort, you know, we are the most addicted, drinking, going to substances like this is very much real in healthcare. People are struggling in that, especially this yeah. past year. This past year has put so much pressure on the frontline worker beyond. And so I think it is something where it does come on us to really make sure that we are mentally in the game, not only for yourself, but also for your partner mm-hmm. and handling those micro traumas as you go. Um, so speaking of which, something that Sam and I wanted to do was to give you guys a few tips and tricks for helping to maintain that relationship and just some good pieces of advice, just some, you know, spit it at you. Here we go. Help protect and nurture yeah. your little baby relationship. Yeah, exactly. Before we get into that, though, I just want to take a quick minute to bring this up. We've talked about it here before, but it's something we don't highlight enough in healthcare, and that's about how to get your dream job and how to actually stand out and look good doing it. And we talked about it here so many times, the resume RX. 
fill in the blank solutions for your resume and cover letter. So many professionals understand that it's so important to stand out against other applicants, but there's limited resources out there, especially ones that are useful. And Sam and I have both used these products. We swear by them. We love them. They are so easy. Fill in the blank. Make sure you guys head down to click the link in our bio. You can save 20% on your resume and cover letter. She also has some amazing online courses, templates, and resources for nurses and nurse practitioners as well. So make sure to check those out. I also want to talk about how obsessed I am with the cookie dough from Real Fat Foods. Oh my gosh. It was just absolutely at night, like two scoops. Okay, I've eaten all of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, no, I have some of the lemon ones. So they're the three flavors that yeah. they have are peanut butter, like chocolate peanut butter cup, and then lemon. The lemon. The lemon for me. It was the peanut and peanut butter. I mean, I like the lemon, but the other two, I've eaten both bottles. It's yes. just like a spoonful here at night, a spoonful here at night, and then... So delicious. Oh you guys, we are talking real fat foods, clean ingredients, keto, gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb paleo, just these delicious dessert snacks that we have been eating before bed at night. I do two scoops, you know, before bed, just get that little edge off. It's so good. It's like a little pick-me-up. It is. It's a little deliciousness. Also, they're crackers. Oh, my God. If you want to elevate your charcuterie board situation, you need these crackers, especially the rosemary ones. The rosemary. rosemary with brie. Mm. Holy shit. And the original are (laughs) so delicious, you guys. If you guys are interested in checking them out, head over to realfatfoods.com. Use code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E, for 10% off of your purchase. And we hope you guys enjoy your s- delicious snacks. Thank us later. Mm-hmm. So the first one I would say is to really save your the in-depth conversations one-on-one. Um, you know, it's really easy to kind of flippantly text something to your spouse or your person or your partner when you're agitated by something, whether it's finances or something was broken at the house or, you know, a bill wasn't paid, whatever it is. But I personally feel I think it'd be a great idea to do these things face to face. Context doesn't come through text also. So you can sometimes come off a way that you didn't intend or it can be perceived in the wrong way through text. So I'm actually not a big fan of talking anything kind of serious via text. And even on phone, when you can't see someone's facial expressions, things and context gets missed. So I think that's a huge good piece of advice. Also, I think it's really important when you're just coming home and having that interaction to stay engaged outside of just like how their day was. I think sometimes we get so mundane of just like, how was work? How was work? Yeah, All right, let's eat dinner. Okay, Netflix is on. Okay, let's go to bed. (laughs) That's literally the program we've been doing lately. (laughs) It is though. And it's it's easy to get into. Easy and it's a rhythm and whatever. But I think one of the One of the actual fun things about dating is that you're having conversations, you're getting to know people, you're talking about different topics. And I think that's one thing that you do start to lose once you get into a longer term relationship because it does become very mundane. So to actually remain curious and engage and let's talk about a different topic like and keep it fresh in that way. Yeah. Yeah. um, And then I would say something that's really important for Jake and I is to do is to book something annual or not annually, but quarterly. I think that this is a really great tip for anyone in this space, because I think it's really easy to get 
as we said, like sort of worked up in your daily lives and to do just sort of the main things that you just need to get done. I need to get this done. I need to do groceries. I need to mail this. I need to get laundry done, like clean. Kids have these like practice, game, recital. Yeah. So then even, I mean, I love the idea of a weekly date night. While I love that idea, that doesn't actually happen in this household. But Jacob and I do make time to do getaways about once a quarter, which I think is really, really, for us, that's like the most refreshing because we're away from our situation. We can kind of just focus on each other. That's our time to really reconnect. And so I think doing those kinds of like things, whether it's like for us, it's skiing or maybe for us, it's going down to San Diego and he goes surfing for the day. And then we do like a spa day. Jacob Loki actually loves a good um, massage. So we'll go get massages. Can we plan a um, thruple massage? We should. Wonderful. Oh my God. I would actually love that we actually need to do that yeah, with some champs yeah please let's do okay. it or maybe a facial let's add a facial to that done okay Say less. done um but We're i think so things- <laughs> here we are Say less. bet i love that i think that that is something that i never did and again if i could go back and give old sam advice of how to have not had your relationship fall apart yeah. that would have been okay. advice i would have loved to have heard another huge one i think is leaving little small tokens of appreciation whether that's even just a note I've always been a big card gal yeah I loved saving cards so if I woke up and just saw a card with a handwritten note that to me that's my love language like I love handwritten things or I love flowers so flowers aren't for everyone some people are like eh they die no, so I, I love that. Fla- I but love like flower flowers, moment. chocolate, a treat, or anything. Honestly, some of the biggest things that have like moved me to like be like emotional, like getting choked up, is coming like waking up from night shift and there's coffee oh, for me. Yes, like oh my god, you love me. Yeah. Or another <laughs> totally. one was like I get so busy and waking up, getting in my car, and it's been washed. Like oh. you took the car to the car wash while I was sleeping or gassed it up serious yes those little things speak volumes those are such small acts but can seriously shift someone's day you wake up kind of tired kind of cranky you get in and your car's clean Mm. with gas in it or you get up and there's like dinner on the table already or breakfast if you work day shift or whatever you get up there's coffee and breakfast made those little things are yeah, 100%. 100% like I love yous. Yeah. Another big one that Jacob will do for me is do lunches. Sometimes he'll put my lunch together, which yeah. is just so nice. Like I'm like, thank that you. That just takes such a huge weight off your yeah. shoulder. That's so And he helps nice. with laundry, which is huge too. And I, I do think like sharing, that's another thing too, is really sharing your your chores together. I think is a big one as well. It's a big one. Yeah. Those small acts go a long way. Yeah. Um, Another thing, and, you know, Sam and I obviously touched on this, but we do, I think that this is a huge tip, is just to really respect each other's sleep cycles. The room, you know, making sure the room is dark, trying to be, you know, very cognizant of if you're home, then being quiet while they're sleeping or taking the kids out. Maybe if you are home, you know, that's a big piece of it too. Just making sure that you get all of the, that, that your partner is able to sleep and respecting that. And I think just also kind of quarterbacking for them to other people yeah oh that's a good tip yeah totally that like hey this is sleepy time yeah um and same thing for them like if you're coming home from night shift and they're still sleeping mm-hmm. like don't come in like a bull in a china shop either and like wake them up yeah totally like, let them get their rest too yeah. goes both ways yeah and then honestly it really comes down to just being flexible to each other 
And sometimes you kind of have to stray from your routine, especially if it's like, you know, going to be their day off and normally you like to do this or that. But working together, you are a team. And whether that is like you're going to switch what time you go to the gym, that's a hard one for me. I have a very dead set like gym schedule. But if I'm like starting to date someone, I have to realize like, all right, I'm going to have to make certain accommodations to make sure that I'm putting like quality time in together because it's we don't have quantity. Yeah. Quantity is off the table. Yeah. So you need to make the time that you do have quality. Mm-hmm. And so especially for someone who's like very set in their ways like me, you really do have to be a little bit more flexible. And I think you have to be intentional yeah. about trying to make time together and planning it out. Yeah. It's funny because you and Jake are similar in that way where you guys are very set on the gym schedule. And there's times where I've had to tell him like, look, I am working this day, this day. I can't do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so can we please do this instead? And so it is definitely something that I think being flexible together is huge. And then just lastly, to make sure that your, your partner knows that you love them. I think continually telling them that you love them or your, you know, your partner, your husband, your wife, whoever it is, your family, you know, I think oftentimes those are things that we just kind of, you know, forget about it. But it's just taking that little extra time to say I love you and be there for them. One thing I recommend for all relationships is figuring out, reading the book if you have to or just Googling it and figuring out what your love languages are and then communicating those to each other. Well, if you don't know what your own love languages are, figure them out because you can't be mad if someone's not like, you know, Vicky from Real Housewives of Orange County where she's like, my love tank. I got to <laughs> fill up my love tank. Like you can't be mad if someone's not filling up your love tank if you don't know what fills it. Because if you don't know what fills it, you can't expect them to fill it. So one, you need to be in touch with what your own love languages are and how you respond best. And then you also need to know what your partners are because it might not be the same. So you might think that you're reassuring them you're giving them love but they're like I don't need to hear it I need to see it and you might be the type where you're like I know you're doing all these nice things but you never tell me you love me it's because you guys are speaking two different love languages so I just recommend that as someone who's been in relationships and who's been in ones that have failed (laughs) because we didn't speak the same love language and we thought we were both communicating in our own way that we loved each other and it wasn't the same it wasn't we weren't speaking the same language yeah I agree with that I mean as far as you know in my own in our relationship I think for us a big piece of it is honestly just time time together and you know we both I think Jake and I as far as long I don't know our love languages see check in so that's like a good date night activity so the love languages are there's words of affirmation okay physical touch quality time acts of service and receiving gifts so I think you need to know them because some people might not even have words of affirmation but they might be doing all these things they might be giving you quality time doing all these kind acts of service giving you gifts and you're like but you never tell me you love me right because your love language is words of affirmation Ah. meanwhile you might be telling someone they love them all the time but you're not giving them physical touch or you're not doing acts of service and they're like but you're not doing anything to show me that you love me and you're like but I tell you all the time like you need to make sure 
even if you don't have the same ones, knowing what the other ones are so that you can make sure that you're connecting and showing your partner you love them in a way that connects to them. Right. And I think that comes a little bit with doing your own work and being, you know, I think that's a big piece of it for all of us who are in this situation of, you know, you're away from your person, you're in a stressful job, you're doing all these things. It is important. It's really, really important to know that about yourself and to relay that to your partner. So yeah, I think we're finally getting in a good day and age where we're just like, therapy is awesome. Yes. And honestly, do the self work because you can't pour from a half empty pitcher. Yeah. So you can't sometimes be the partner that you want to be if you're not who you want to be yourself. Either. Yeah. yeah, that's a great piece. You know what we thought would be fun? What's that, Miss Samantha? To get Mr. Meskin in here Ooh, okay. so that he can weigh in on life with Victoria. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, I guess we need we need a little like masculine. Um, and as someone who's on the other side, we input. can only speak from our experience of. Okay, we do shift work and we're in a relationship, but we want to hear from the other side. Yeah, totally. Let's get him in here. Let's get him in. All right, we got Mr. Jacob Meskin in the hot seat. Uh oh. Here we go. We're back. Put on the spot. Yeah, I feel a little bit, a little bit targeted here. It's okay. Husband is ready. (laughs) So the question everyone wants to know. What's it like dating a shift worker, specifically Victoria? <laughs> no, is she the first like person you've dated that's a nurse or like does shift work? Yeah, she was the very first person I've ever dated ever. So um, that was that was <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Brownie points, winning. Yeah, coming no. out the gate with lies. <laughs> okay, lies all lies. No, you were the first person that I ever dated that was a, a shift worker. So it was definitely an adjustment for sure. Um, I think the two biggest things that were really tough for me was number one is not realizing how, you know, actually physically difficult your shift is. I kind of sit on my ass all day at a desk and and you guys are on your feet for 12 hours. So, I mean, I think that took me a long time to kind of realize and i have a lot of respect for you guys in that regard and what why do you think it took you so long to like what about that though was the i don't know you would just come home and i'd be like hey what's up like you should be fine right like i'm i'm still have energy after work but it's it's definitely not the same uh physically but also mentally everything that that you guys are doing so i think that was really hard for me to what was the other adjustment there was two things you said yeah the the second thing was your damn schedules and how and how <laughs> how far out you have to have to schedule everything mm. wow we 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 nailed confirmed that, that. Well, i'm sure you've already touched on it but but what was okay so what's the hardest part when we when we started dating initially like what was the hardest part and then also being married also What's your dating? I think initially when we started dating, you were on night shifts and that was really challenging. Um, not because we didn't see each other for multiple days at a time, we'd kind of be passing, you know, I'd, I'd go to work, you'd be coming home and we wouldn't see each other. So that was challenging in that regard, but also on a social level, uh, if we tried to do anything, if you were even working a Friday night, you couldn't, you know, you had to sleep on a Saturday all day. So that was definitely, definitely challenging. And then now that we're married, you're on days. It's a little bit, a little bit easier. 
And I know you guys are all about unpopular opinions. So yeah, let's hear I, it. I think it. I think it's really not bad to be a, not away from each other for multiple days, but at some point, you know, you're working weekends. I have some time. You have some time. Different days yeah. might be unpopular. I don't know. No, I literally said that, and I said during the week. It's sometimes it's kind of nice when you're working because you work nine to five. And I kind of get my time and then there's some weekends where you have your boy time. Absolutely. And I think it's fine. It's nice. You know, it makes you miss each other. Yeah. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. (laughs) What are some tips that you have for someone who is dating or married to someone in shift work for scheduling and some things that you think might be useful in the relationship? Oh, well, scheduling, I'm sure you've touched on this as well, but... One thing that I really do think works super, super well for us is having the shared calendar on your phone, on your computer, <laughs> uh, dates are on there. That's again, it's been an adjustment, but I think that really, really helps make things easier coordination when we're scheduling socially, family events, all that. You can just look there and see. What about holidays? Holidays are kind of kind of similar. I mean, with your family, it's been a little bit easier because we've already we've already determined that we're never doing anything (laughs) on the actual holiday. So that works out well. I mean, we kind of have a tougher dynamic because my parents are split up. So it's almost like three families that were, that were really, yeah, that's real. I mean, some people have four families. Yeah. I think that's tough. Just not even with a shift worker. That's just tough families. If they're, if they're split up, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. What would be your best advice for handling the emotions or intricacies of someone's like personality working shift work because it does come with a lot of strong emotions coming home being tired being cranky being grumpy like how do you kind of navigate your partner in that sense that's a great question Mm -hmm. great question wise man once said (laughs) i really never i i don't think i'll ever understand the gravity of some of the situations that you guys encounter at work so i I don't try to, I guess, is is the way that, that I put it. I'm here to listen. And I think the biggest advice I can give is try to just be there for for your partner. And if they need space, give them the space. If they don't, you know, then be there for them in, in other regards. I mean, you can explain your day in detail and it's probably going to go over my head because I have no idea what you're talking about as far as medical goes. But I think just being there for them or you know, having dinner ready or having, you know, something is, is something that really it's little stuff, but it goes a long way. What would be your advice to the shift worker on their end to strengthen the relationship? Because we're not putting it all off on our partner. Like we chose this career and we said that. So what would be your maybe advice to say, listen, you work in this career, you work shift work, but this is what you could do to help make your partner still feel important or to do your end of keeping the relationship strong. Interesting. I I guess I don't, I think keep it real. Too. What do you, you want to say to me? Like Tori, like a come to Jesus moment. Like, Hey, I need you to be doing this. Or if you were giving advice to like one of your friends that was having relationship problems and be like, listen, no offense, but I'm going to keep it real with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it real. Mm-hmm. These Unpopular opinion. No. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it real. It's not it's not that that spicy, but I think just just make sure to make time 
for the other person and make that a priority. I, I think we, we do a good job of that. It definitely, there are times where we just kind of have our schedules and things go on and, and life goes normal. And I think making an extra effort to really say, Hey, especially if you're working weekends or nights and your schedules don't coordinate or line up, really just making it a priority to say, Hey, this day we're going to have date night or we're going to do this and really get some quality time together because the time can go by like that and it's weeks and months and you haven't really had any quality time or you're just kind of passing passing through the night it's funny because in our relationship there are moments where jacob will say he will literally stop me and he'll say we need to do something and because there's there are times when we've gotten so far away from reconnecting and so he's like we're putting something on the calendar like now and that's real. That's life. I mean, a lot of relationships go through that. But it, yeah, as you said, I think it's it's harder to balance sometimes in the shift life work. But there are times when he's just like, we're doing it. It's going on the calendar. Which yeah. I think is good to have that like sometimes just honest come to Jesus like communication mm-hmm. of like we need to have these sometimes difficult talks now. I always say relationship is like taking care of a car. You do your oil change, you rotate your tires, you do all that shit so that you're not breaking down on the side of the road one day and now it's totaled because your transmission blew. Once that's done, it's like you're fucked. Like you kind of have to do the maintenance all along and those little things are like the oil changes. Yeah. Uh, For me, like I feel like I had to always kind of constantly look at myself and be like, Sam, you're being a bitch. Like you need to stop. Sometimes like shift work, especially night shift, really did bring out like the worst in my personality. And I can be bitchy, like honest to God, real talk. And really? so weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I know this is like really wow, shocking to you, Jacob, and hard to like even picture. Yeah. But like I could be a raging bitch. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I got to a point where I was like loopy and not with it. I got very, I think Jake would agree um that that's it was not good on me I think you sometimes just need to have like an honest like you're in charge of your day and your attitude that's unpopular the word I agree yeah yeah I, I think for you work shift workers as well where you're working 12 hour shifts I think it's partly on you as well to plan for your day like if you're working multiple days in a row planning like okay I'm gonna get this done beforehand or after food wise or you know Aaron so that you can have the time with your significant other and make sure it's not like because there are times where you're just you're just a hot mess and you're like okay I'm working two three days in a row and everything else kind of goes by the wayside and it's it's hard because that does consume so much of your day on a 12-hour shift you know drive time getting ready you don't really have time you don't have time to, to have cook and else. do laundry in between and then you let that shit pile up and now it's yeah. like you're getting off and you're playing catch up and if you just get into this chicken with your head cut off yeah and that's where i come in with i think i'm very thankful for a partner who will help with maintaining uh, you know a lot of the daily stuff like with dishes we we both contribute with laundry all that what about um keeping it spicy Ooh. Can you address Mm. that? Because I think that that goes two ways. It does. I will say this, guys. I mean, I'll I'll try to get some on a night, you know, when you're coming home from work. I've I've been trying. I'm going to continue to try. But it's a lot. It's a lot harder when you're, you know, you come home from a long day and, and you're tired. So. Again, I'm going to keep on keeping on, shoot my shot, but (laughs) it's a little... Miss 60% of the shots that you don't (laughs) take. Exactly. But I think it just goes back to more, uh, you know, making time, set a time aside 
for each other, date nights, even little things that go a long way. And then that kind of he- keeps your relationship fire or whatever you want to call it. I make uh, it up to you. Oh, do you? No, I think she's got some makeup. Hey. Did you work yesterday, right? I did. Uh-oh. I yep. know. And you were gone. Before uh, show. I know. I was Sam, gone. We're just recording and get You ain't got to go home, Sam, but you got to get, get the get hell up out of here. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think it's a big piece of, of relationships. I think it's also on us. You know, we talked a lot about that. It's on the, sh- on the worker as well. Yeah, I feel like, to be honest and to really put ourselves in perspective, we take care of other people for a living so then we don't take care of ourselves and then I think at least for my I can only speak for myself I'm not going to speak for other people but it would be easy to get into the mode of like poor me I'm so tired I'm so overworked I'm so stressed and feeling like I need to almost be like catered to and it's like okay but again I did choose this profession so I kind of need to still like pull myself out of this exhaustion almost and yeah, make the time and keep it fresh. Keep it spicy. Like, I definitely failed in those areas. And, like, I fully admit that. If I could, like, apologize to my ex, I would. I don't think he wants to talk to me. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it does fall on us at some point, too. And it is so easy to get so stuck in the I'm tired card. But yeah, we do have to kind of carry the weight. Yeah. Equally a little bit. Yeah. One one thing from a, a for someone who's not a shift worker to a shift worker, it took like I said before, it took a long time for me to kind of realize the whole aspect of it and how your feet. But if you maybe would have explained more what you kind of need on a daily basis when you're working or when you're working multiple shifts in a row, it might it's still I mean, I'd still don't understand it, but it might have been a little bit easier of a transition. So I think from that side of it to to a non shift to a shift worker, if you just have those little conversations beforehand, or especially early on dating, I think that would help a lot too. I love that. Mm -hmm. That is like gold star advice on this show, actually, I think that we've ever talked about. Yeah. Because we can't expect people to be mind readers. How are you supposed to give like Tori what she needs if you she doesn't verbalize it? Right. And I think we are poor communicators. We are. General. Like I'm in a blanket statement. Everyone, our generation. It's something I think we're all like getting better at and being aware of. But I think that's such good advice. Like if you don't someone can't meet your needs if you don't express them yeah communicate i love that yeah 100%. see you guys are marriage goals <laughs> let's go we try i don't know you know we definitely have our faults but i do think that's a big piece of it is communicating initially though i will say like you were very resistant to the things that we use now like he did not like the calendar you were you were really i don't like change you also didn't like the idea that we had to schedule so far in advance. Jacob but and I are like the same person. You are. Literally. It's also because it's your idea, right? That's like, no, no, <laughs> nobody likes. <laughs> nobody likes when it's not their idea. One hundred percent. But now I'm fully admitting that I use it, and I think it definitely helps our relationship and makes yeah. things run a lot smoother. What's your like favorite part about dating like a shift worker? Is there like a like they have to work weekends and you get a boys' weekend? I, like I said before, I don't think that's bad. There are times where I'm like, oh, okay, I got, I got a day. I, you know, I got, I yeah. got some time to myself. I can, yeah, have a boys' day. I can, you know, do whatever I want. So yeah. I don't, I don't think that's, that's bad. I agree. Funny because we've been talking about this, and I forgot to mention that through the whole thing is like, I actually really enjoy the shift life. Like I really do. Like I, I, I enjoy it. I could not work on Monday through Friday. Absolutely I would not. Jam my head into like a 
the nearest copy machine. Same. You guys aren't meant for. No. You guys aren't no, meant for that. No, I was not meant for a nine to five. I can't be contained. At the same time, it's there. Are, there are times where I'm like, man, I wish I was a firefighter, another shift worker, where it's like we can do something on a Tuesday. That right. I, I think that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do. I do you ever call in like sick it. just so that like you could get a fun little weekday off with Tori? Mm, we haven't done that in a while. We haven't done that in a while. We have we have done it like on a Friday or a Monday. Like when we go skiing, we do that. Yeah. Do you have any like three solid tips for someone who is just starting to date or they're in the dating process or want to date in shift work, a shift worker? Or three things to be a, um, a partner to a shift worker like in not only marriage, but as partnership. Like do you have a suggestion for someone who's married to or dating a shift worker in general? It's mostly just everything that we've touched on, really just communication, scheduling ahead of time. And the really the the little things on is is the way that I look at it from a non shift worker to a shift worker is I I enjoy helping you i guess or us with the the little things like having food ready or or going to the store whatever things that make it easier which ultimately will make our relationship better because it's just more time that we can have together so i think those are some of the big things that would that really help out yeah hot tip um you do make dinner when i come home on on my shift days i do and i do a lot of the grocery shopping but it's mostly because you're not really allowed in stores because (laughs) of spending habits so (laughs) Okay, real talk. If Tori were to like die, would you date another shift worker ever? Or would you be like never doing that again? Like avoid all nurses. I would never date again. (laughs) Oh, Oh, he is getting woo loop tonight. Score. Let's go. Nailed it. You're such a liar. I don't know. It's a really good question. I don't know. Like if you okay, you're on Bumble, you're on Tinder, you're <laughs> Nurses, on Hinge. Nope. Next. And if you're a nurse, swipe. swipe I don't know which way the, you swipe. You see but... the hottest nurse you've ever seen in your life. Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Red probably, flag. I'm probably out. What about an R- an RT? Uh, what about a doctor? Ooh. Nurse practitioner. Sugar mama. <laughs> they got those student loans. Son. That's true I too. Know. Yeah. No, I would. I would be. I would be open to it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, honey, time. for coming of in. Of course. Yeah. We talked. Um, we're gonna go get a thruples massage. I'm yes. so down. Yeah, and facial. I'm I'm due for a pedicure too. I've had my first one like eight months ago, and uh, I need. Are you a changed man? Yeah, it's incredible. All <laughs> men should get pedicures. That is not even an unpopular opinion. And that massages. Is just a fact. Yeah. No, massage is like a nice like thing for yourself, but for the sake of other humans on earth, <laughs> men should get pedicures. Well, the biggest thing that I get criticized, it's not even the biggest thing, but I, you're always like, oh, your toenails are long. I'm like, I don't feel, I don't feel anything. So yeah, they get gross. Men should get pedicures. Also That's- the calluses on the bottom of his feet, especially like after surfing, like long surf trips, you, you get really gross feet. Yeah. And they're, and then you're like in the sheets and then they all crackly and next <laughs> oh, to you and no. they hurt and it's like, Yeah. Yeah, I'm hundred percent snagging the sheet. Yes. Oof. Oof. Getting PTSD flashbacks. So when are we going? Um, soon. All right, we're let's planning do it. it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a foot massage. Done. All oh, right. Well, us. thank you, Mister Meskin. Of course. Love you. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Yes, this is one we've honestly been talking about doing since before I was co-host. Yeah, we just 
this was like the perfect time I think yeah. this was just great and we hope you enjoyed this episode got all the hot tips we so enjoyed having you here with us we absolutely love you guys make sure you are following us on our insta that's at c-e-l-l-f-i-e underscore podcast check out the link in our bio yes we've got merch We've got ebooks, we've got report sheets, we've got brain sheets, we've got it all. Yes, and make sure you rate and review. Download, subscribe. We love hearing your feedback. It means the world to us. And if you leave a review and you put your Insta handle in it, we will send you a swag bag. Also, hot tip, um, let us know what you thought of Jacob, you know? Let us hit in the review. Like, did you like it? Do you like his, re- you know, his feature? Yeah, plus he likes to get a little, you know. I know. Husband little, gets down. Uh-huh. He's getting better behind the mic. Yes. That was very natural. I know. Very. It's much better than Killing it used the to be. game, yeah. Jacob. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're following us on our Instas. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And stay tuned for our goodie bag Friday bonus episode. Yes. Can't wait to see you guys there. Bye. Bye.